0: the fontanelle final bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle hybrids the solutions you need the relationships you trust
1: good afternoon welcome to the Fontenelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield jeff peterson's joining us with heartland farm partners out of lincoln we take a look at this market today jeff and and Obviously, producers have stopped. There's not a lot of harvest going on in the Midwest. So get some focusing on some other things. And I know you want to talk a little bit about crude oil markets and how it's being supportive to the corn and the beans.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's finally, it's it's nice to have that. Uh, Looking back on crude oil, you know, we're pushing up against a a four-year high. You know, on the monthly chart, we'd have to go all the way back to November of 2014 since we've had prices here. And there's not a great correlation. Some people you'd talk to would even argue there's not a strong one between corn and crude. But we believe it's definitely supportive. And the best way we'd say that, it helps us. It kind of gives us a tailwind. The other thing that we're noticing is since crude oil is strong, we also, when we look at some of the commodity indexes, which are heavily weighted to the energies, that's also looking pretty good. That's taking us back to some highs that we haven't seen going back into July. So that kind of gives us a nice tailwind behind us in this market. You top that off with the new agreement, I guess we call it the USMCA now. Um, I'm so used to calling it NAFTA. But there's also some discussions going along with Japan on free trade, and it looks like also maybe some additional discussions with India and Europe. So I think that gives everybody a little bit more of a positive note going into this dreary weather we're having.
1: And it looks like weather that's going to continue into the next week, which is going to cause for some concerns, especially with the soybean harvest.
0: It really is, and, and we'll touch on a little bit of that more as we get further into the segment. So,
1: Looking at the quarterly stocks report, did you see anything that kind of popped out to you?
0: There was a few things. What we always like to use that report for is we like to dig in and say, are there any surprises really down at the state level? A couple things that we noticed, taking a look at Nebraska, and we've kind of been watching this all along Nebraska ended up with about 48 million less bushels than there would have been a year ago. So demand was strong between the ethanol, the exports, and the feed demand in Nebraska. That was strong. However, as expected over on the soybean side, it looks like there's going to be about 18 million more bushels of soybeans were around. So that helps us kind of give a feel what's it look like coming into harvest. But then one additional thing that we like to do, and our research has shown, is we like to take those quarterly stocks numbers, and then we take the forecast for what do we think we're going to have for the 2018 production and then just do a comparison and say, okay, we got this pile of grain we had last year at harvest. How does that compare to the pile of grain plus our production we're going to have it this year? It looks like as we bring all that together for corn and beans in Nebraska, we're going to have to tuck away about 150 million more bushels than we did a year ago between the corn and the beans. So does now, to that- put that in perspective, that's about 6.5%. Uh, Susan.
1: Okay, does that cause any concerns for storage though?
0: Well, it does, It does. but actually the the biggest thing that's probably helping us right now is the weather. And if we'd go back in last year definitely wasn't a great harvest pace for us either as we look back. We're slightly ahead of that pace from last year. But it it was a little slow and grinding along, but the thing I look at is that if we would have had a year where harvest would have went extremely fast, oh yeah, it would have caused a lot of problems. But with the weather that we're having now, best way to think about it, all we have to do is lag on our harvest pace by 6.5% in there, and, and that'll happen. We'll, we'll drop behind last year's pace. And then it's almost like building more storage. And what do I mean by that? Well, the cattle feeders, they feed more. The ethanol plants, they use up more. The soybean processing plants use up more. And then the exports get sent out. And so I, I think we'll be able to get this crop tucked away okay biggest help is going to be the fact that we've got a slow harvest going on.
1: Well, you talk about the slow harvest. How much more of an impact is that going to have on the markets?
0: I think we'll see more and more impact. You know, as we looked at the numbers, uh, 26% complete on corn versus a five-year average at 17, and on beans, 23% versus a five-year average at 20. So, so far, you'd look at the numbers and say, it doesn't look too bad but I know if you look locally in some areas, especially here and around Lincoln, we'd say, well, we feel like we're lagging more than that. And I think that's the case. And I think we will see that more going forward. It looks like with the heavy rains coming in, we're going to have maybe a, a day to run tomorrow for some guys. Maybe if they can on corn, won't be able to on beans. And then we get those heavier rains coming in. Our biggest concern as we look out about three weeks will be what the weather is going to be out there. Um, it looks like this isn't just a... You know, a one-time or two-time event, it looks like a pattern that's setting up. And as a result of that, um, you know, we've asked uh, some of the other people that we deal with, what year does this remind them of? And they, they keep bringing up 2009. And 2009 harvest really got strung out because of wet conditions. And it's, it's going to have an impact. Um, I think as we go forward, like I said, we're going to drop back behind on harvest progress And actually, I think that could bring up some marketing opportunities as we go forward, both maybe in the futures price and also in the basis.
1: Well, Jeff, when you mentioned that 2009, I'm sure that there are producers that are listening to this going, oh, yeah, because they were worried about snow. They were worried about so many factors to get that crop out of the ground. And if my memory serves me right, there was a lot of crops that didn't get out of the ground uh, until early spring because of the weather.
0: Yeah, and I don't think we're quite setting up quite that bad, but from an overall moisture perspective for the month of October, that's what it reminds everybody of, um, at least in regard to the totals.
1: What about Global Weather Watch? What are you guys keeping an eye on?
0: You know, there's a lot of items out there, and they, they tend to all be a little bit on the dry side. As we take a look at Europe and the Black Sea, they're a little too dry, and as a matter of fact, in Germany and France, we're seeing them hold up on some of their planning. And that also spills over into Western Russia. Uh, Part of the thing we we run into is that Russia they'd like to be finished up on their small grain seeding this week, and Europe would be like to be finished up by the third week of October. So those two areas they need some rain to get this, you know, seed in the ground, get it up, and get it germinated. Otherwise, we'll be hearing next spring about problems of of winter kill. And the other area that we got to keep an eye on is Australia. Australia is really a little too dry overall. Putting some pressure and some hurt on their canola crop and their winter wheat crop, and also some of the thing we're hearing coming out of there is that it also could cause some planting or problems with the planting of their grain sorghum that they're just getting, you know, in the process of putting in the ground now. And with the thought that we're going to see a mild El Nino, that doesn't look real well for Australia.
1: Well, stick around, folks. More of the Fontanel Final Bell comes up after this. Dot com. Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Jeff Peterson joins us with Heartland Farm Partners. As we kind of wrap up the grain side of it, got a look at South America, early goings of their planting season, weather and planting, how are things going? What are you hearing from the South?
0: You know, they actually are coming, getting started really well, Susan. You know, last year and in the past years, we've been used to them kind of getting off to a slow start, but they actually had some nice rains first part of september and that, and that really helps them we know that they've got a period in there all the way up to in uh, like mato grosso in the north end up to september 15th they can't plant any soybeans and so it's not usually too big a deal depending on the rains fall but they were able to get started right away on the 16th sometimes they have to delay where we're seeing a big increase or a lot faster pace going is in parana that'd be the number one or number two state actually in brazil they actually a couple of years ago had their planting date moved from the, where they could start on the 15th or had to stay bean free from the 15th. That got moved back to the 10th. Wasn't a big deal last year because it was too dry. This year they've actually been able to get in and get going. Some are estimating that they're actually seven to 10 days ahead of pace down there. And main reason that that's going to be a big deal, the other trend that we're hearing coming out of there is they are planting some shorter season soybeans. And so a lot of talk is, is that we could see mid-January, uh, some beans coming out of Brazil, uh, for the export side, which that's, that's a big change or a couple week change. And especially in the type of year where we're having where, you know, China's out there looking for beans and they, they want to try to avoid the U.S., it, it may give them uh, a bean market to go to a little bit earlier than what we would normally expect to see coming out of South America.
1: Almost banking on, on that crop coming in early.
0: Well, they really are, and, and that's what it looks like. If you if you take a look at a lot of the discussion that's going on with China, they sure are. And, and so far, they have been able to stay away from the U.S. You know, we haven't seen anything show up here in the weekly inspections here lately. And actually, the weekly inspection report this last week uh, was really strong on the corn side, which showed us really good demand. But it was a little concerning and weak on the bean side, and I think that's the thing that everybody has, everybody kind of on the edge of their seat you know, as we come into this harvest season, as we get moving, is just how many beans are going to move. The thing that I'll have to reinforce and and look at, though, Susan, is that actually having this slow pace in here, I know it's not good for harvest, it's not good for yield, it's not good for standability, but it's probably the best thing we could ask to make sure we can tuck all these bushels away.
1: Jeff, what about the continued talks that are going on with Russia and its effects on the wheat market?
0: Yeah, and that was what came into play today. And actually, I think we honestly might have a little bit lower market today after the move we had yesterday. But, you know, the the talk that comes in and out, uh, at one point they talk about the government's going to hold back on some exports. There's even a story that we're watching that came out today. Don't know a lot of details on it, but there's a Russia watchdog group that's talking about there may need to be a, a temporary suspension. At 30 different grain loading facilities, all going back to some phytosanitary rules being broke. Uh, so, if that's confirmed, we could see a little bit of a disruption coming out of Russia. I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but it it's the type of thing that when you've got you don't have a lot of other news going on, it kind of gets the markets excited and bounces it a little bit
1: head over to the uh, livestock side of the trade action as we've known it for so long NAFTA 2.0 is now called the USmCA what does this mean for our livestock producers we've heard so much talk about the grain side of it but what about the livestock guys
0: you know my personal opinion and you throw in what you think I, I know it's going to be positive as, as it can be over on the dairy side it it probably doesn't have as big of an impact honestly on the you know the corn and soybean and wheat guys on the cattle side I think it's in and a little bit of important just the fact we're able to get a deal through but i think the the biggest winner and at least overall impressions gets to be the the hog industry the fact that we've got uh, mexico as being a you know big market our our number one market as we look at the pork side and the fact that we can now get away from the tariff that's been in place i think that's going to give us a positive undertone underneath the underneath the hog side and i think on the cattle side we've got a lot of supply but at least i think it helps us but i don't know if we can get a lot more out of this cattle market i think we've got to be careful with this we just got a lot of supply out there
1: well hopefully we see some of that positive talk spill over into the way the futures are trading and see some some more positive numbers for these pork producers
0: Oh, I know. I hope so, too. It'll definitely be beneficial for everybody.
1: So we've got the time. We're sitting here because we can't be harvesting. What are you talking to folks about doing marketing plans, whether it's grain or livestock? What are some things that they need to be checking out?
0: You know, I think a lot of it right now. This gives us a good chance just to come in and look one more time at, you know, how many bushels am I going to have to move to town at harvest time? But the biggest things we're looking at, if you've made some prior sales, uh, keep an eye on these spreads. Um whether it be in corn or soybeans, you know, between the December and March or between the November and January, we think we should probably roll those hedges out. If you've got sales in place already, this is a good place to do that. And the other thing is keep an eye on the basis levels. We think there might be some improvement in basis in some of these areas that would allow you to to go ahead and take advantage of that. So those are the things we're talking about right now. Best way for
1: producers to get a hold of you, Jeff.
0: Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at JeffPeterson01.
1: And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.